Coming up on Mayo Clinic Q&A. We are not in a good position facing such a highly infective variant. The Omicron variant is spreading at an alarming rate. Right now, the United States is averaging approximately 400,000 new cases a day. If you are immunized and boosted and you have a healthy immune system, Omicron is highly likely to be a trivial illness. Now that doesn't mean you can't transmit it to somebody else where it won't be a trivial illness, but getting immunized is basically a weapon against this virus such that the whole disease part of it is no longer an issue for you. Welcome everyone to Mayo Clinic q and I'm Dr. Helena Gazelka. I hope you are on the nice list this year and are looking forward to 2022. We're here for our first podcast of the year with Dr. Greg Poland, virologist, infectious disease and vaccine expert, and our a resident COVID-19 expert. Welcome back, Greg. Thank you, Helene. And I do want to clarify, I was on the good list. Oh, good. I'm glad. <laughs> well, as I told you earlier, we're sitting here without Omicron, so that must be we're on some and, good and list. I And I know you were, because I got a peek at Santa's list at being a special <laughs> appointee to the North Pole. So That's right. That's wonderful. Well, let's jump right in, Greg. The news is full of Omicron. It seems to be spreading quickly. What's the scoop? Yeah, well, you're exactly right. I mean, this is spreading uh, unlike anything uh, we've seen in the U.S. over the last seven days. We're now averaging about 400,000 or so new cases a day. So when we last talked, it is more than doubled. Um, And and the, the thing that's concerning is that hospitalization has increased by about a third. The death rate has not increased, and that's a mercy, and I I hope that will hold up. I think that reflects we better know how to treat it than we did, you know, a year and two years ago, and I think in general, got to be really careful about this, in general, for an otherwise healthy person, Omicron appears to be milder. That is, it a decreased risk, not a zero risk, and people misunderstand that, a decreased risk of severe disease and death. Uh, The unfortunate thing is is, uh, children. So if you look in the week, this past week ending, there have been about 200,000 children now infected with COVID. Uh, That's a 60% increase. And there's been a uh, increase of about, uh, there's been an increase in hospitalization of children. Why is that? Now that that one's a little tougher. And and I just want to caution about that. Definitely children are getting sick with COVID and hospitalized due to COVID. There's another segment of that though, that's a little harder to parse out. In most hospitals, if a child is admitted for any reason, they will test them against COVID. And in some locations, 20 to 30% of those kids are testing positive for COVID. So, so they're, they're being hospitalized, a portion of them, not because Something of COVID, else. but with COVID. Okay. Um, so we got to be a little careful and discerning about, about the parsing that out. Sure. How does that affect kids going back to school and all of our college students going back? 
Yeah, that's a real concern. I mean, just as we predicted, we would have a major surge right after the holidays because of travel and people getting together and not adhering to masking and immunization guidelines. Now what will happen is you take all of those exposed millions of people and put them in congregate settings like college dormitories and school classrooms. And of course, we're going to see more cases. There's just no question about it. Now, some schools are taking what I think is a really rational approach to this. They're saying, well, our first week or two of school is going to be online. In other words, if, if you're asymptomatic or symptomatic, you will have resolved that infection before you come back to school oh, and or testing to, to stay or start in school. Um, so those are those I think are rational ways of of dealing with it. It's important that kids be in school, no question. Let's do it right, um, and and let's not forget that uh, there there really aren't school aged kids that cannot be immunized at this point, and that's a really important factor to remember. You know, when we get these vaccines against COVID nineteen, you're taking a disease that has a propensity for long COVID complications, hospitalization, and death, and converting it to, for the most part, a very mild or asymptomatic disease. Why yeah. would you not do that? Yeah. Speaking on that topic of, of vaccinations, the FDA has spoken today, uh, Greg, on the topic of boosters. Yeah, I'm, I'm really pleased about this. So for the 12 to 15-year-olds, they can now get boosted and they lowered that interval from the second dose from six months to five months. So 12 to 15 year olds, five months after their second dose can now get boosted. Importantly, five to 11 year olds who are immunocompromised can get a third dose just like older adolescents and adults. Immunocompromised like an organ transplant or you know, severely to moderately immunocompromised they get that third dose two months after their second dose. Greg, how is Omicron affecting the treatments that we have for COVID? Um, so I've been reading that some of the um, monoclonal antibodies are different. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, this is kind of one of the sad storylines in this. The, the extraordinary mutation of the Omicron variant has caused us to lose two sets of monoclonal antibodies, leaving us with one set for, for one monoclonal antibody for treatment, so trivimab. Um, and that's in limited supply. And I, I, when I talk to people, whether it's at church or, you know, that you meet in the store, or whatever, they, have the, they have this idea, oh, well, if I get sick, I'll get monoclonal antibodies. Well, I'll tell you, the day after Christmas, my phone started blowing up. And getting calls from people I know, acquaintances, colleagues who have been exposed or who tested positive after holiday parties. And they were very surprised. They can't just walk in and get monoclonal antibodies. They are in limited supply. The other counter to that is that the FDA did approve both the Merck and Pfizer oral antiviral drugs, but they come with limited distribution and limited use because of contraindications. So 
you know, this is a, another case where prevention is far better than trying to catch up with cure. Greg, what are you anticipating? Some other countries have seen a rapid rise and then a rapid decrement or a decrease in cases. Is that what we're looking forward to in the United States? Really hard to know, Helena. I, you know, where you're primarily seeing that is in Republic of South Africa. But that's a very different epidemiologic context. They had very little in the way of vaccination. And so a lot of previous infection, which modified the chance of getting infected or of having severe disease. So they did not see major rises in hospitalization. They had a big blip and then a rapid fall off. Might we see that in some large cities? Possibly. But I think what we're going to see is a pretty substantial wave of Omicron across the nation and then periodic blips as we, ha as we have super spreader events in, in different uh, geographic locations. The question is what will Omicron do from here? Uh, and, and, and again, I caution, we have seen five, inside of a year and a half, we've seen five variants of concern. Now in New York City, 60 different times, 6-0, they have detected a further set of mutations in Omicron that could make it as severe in disease as Delta. We don't know yet, but that's the early indication. So will that take off? I, I don't know. When you look at our five to 11 year olds, only 15% of them have been vaccinated. When you get to 12 to 17 year olds, we're at about a 50% uh, rate. When you get to adults, you know, you're talking about 60, 65%, uh, and only a third of those have gotten boosted. So uh, we are not in a good position facing such a highly infective variant. Greg, here comes the fun part of our podcast where I get to ask you some questions from our wonderful listeners. Oh, good. Okay. This, this always keeps your mind working when we do this part. Indeed. So All right. Number one. Is it concerning that the Omicron variant has developed with characteristics of the common cold? All of my life, I have heard the many comments on no cure for the common cold and how amazing it would be if someone came up with one. Does that mean the Omicron variant is potentially not treatable? So uh, the, the, the questioner is kind of confusing two separate concepts. In general, it is a positive when a respiratory virus like coronavirus changes or evolves to be more like a seasonal respiratory virus. In general, not always, we've seen five exceptions already. In general, it will mutate or evolve to be contagious as we're seeing, but less severe for people who have otherwise normal immune systems. I keep saying that because I want people to understand that if you don't have a normal immune system, if you're elderly, if you have any of a variety of medical conditions, you don't fit into that category and may be at substantial risk, even with Omicron infection. So we, we have to pay attention to that. Um, it doesn't mean that there is no treatment, right? We just talked about one set of monoclonals that is still effective, two antivirals, there's a, uh, a infusible antiviral called remdesivir. 
And there's now a set of monoclonal antibodies that can be given pre-exposure. So this would be optimal for immunocompromised people or people who genuinely have a medical contraindication to getting vaccination. We can now protect them. Greg, our next listener would like a little better understanding about the correlation between how transmissible a virus is and how um, serious or deadly the virus is. Sure. So uh, in general, we've heard that the more that it's transmitted, kind of like the common cold, the less um, intense the effects of it. Yeah, you, you know, you hear the kind of old saw that what a virus wants to do, and it's true, is infect you, but not make you so sick that you're in bed because the virus wants you to go to the store. It wants you to go to holiday <laughs> parties. It wants you to go to school because it will be transmitted from one person to another, as we've seen for two years. But that's not a linear association. For example, um, Ebola is quite contagious, but very lethal. Smallpox is fairly contagious and can cause serious disease. Measles is the most contagious infectious disease that we know, and it can cause serious disease and death. So it's not a one-to-one -one correlation, but in general, and, and we are seeing this with um, the Omicron variant, we've seen a uh, increase by about double of infectivity, but a drop in otherwise normal people in severity. In general, that's a generalization. All right, Greg, here's the big question of the day from one okay. of our listeners. How does the pandemic end? Mm -hmm. Please prognosticate. Well, prognostication is hazardous, right? So I, I'll be tentative here. You and I have uh, really worked hard at saying where we have data and are confident and where we're speculating. So this fits into speculation. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. One of two ways, probably. One way is that yet another mutation or variant of concern that now more completely evades immunity occurs and we start all over. That's a warning to us to get to the level of herd. I don't like immunity. that choice, Greg. I don't either. I don't like that choice. But you know, if we don't act rationally, that is a non-trivial probability. The second is what we're tending to see thus far is evasion of some level of immunity, increased infectivity, but lower pathology or severity. And that's what's thus far happened with Omicron. Now, I, I wanna make a point here because people think, oh, Omicron, it's no big deal. It is a big deal if you're not vaccinated, Omicron is a big deal for you. Why is it not for the majority of us who have been vaccinated and boosted? This is where T cells come in. If you've been vaccinated and boosted or uh, had previously gotten COVID and then got your vaccine series, you have a level of T cell immunity that if you're otherwise normal, basically operates at extremely high levels to prevent you from developing even moderate to severe disease. It would be very unlikely that you would die or end up on a ventilator. 
If you're not vaccinated, just the opposite. You have a probability of having severe disease, getting hospitalized, ending up on a ventilator or dying because you don't have T cell immunity. So by getting vaccines, what we have done is we have basically said, okay, the, the severe disease part, we have now blocked. We don't really have any vaccines that block infection. So you're seeing people get who are vaccinated get infected, but having trivial illness, if they have any symptoms at all, that's a win. And we, we have to realize that. I hear people say, oh, well, you know, he was vaccinated and, and got the disease anyway. Why should I get it? Because he had a trivial illness because he got vaccine. And if you're unvaccinated, wow, that is Russian roulette. Greg, explain what it means for um, uh, a pathogen to become or a virus to become um, endemic. So endemic means that uh, it will always be present in the population, influenza, RSV, uh, rhinovirus. Those are the, the three big, uh, um, uh, and there's others too, but those are the three big respiratory viruses that we can easily identify that circulate uh, uh, around the world and we see seasonal outbreaks of that. And that's, that's what will happen. That's what slowly seems to be happening with coronaviruses. It will change and become endemic. Now, what that means is it can also mutate at some point in the future. So uh, I, I've mentioned it before, and I think it surprises people. If you got your flu vaccine this fall, and I hope you did, then you got vaccinated against a variant of influenza that first showed up in 1918. So a hundred plus years later, we're still vaccinating against that. A hundred years from now, our great, great, whatever that will be, great grandchildren will be getting immunized against coronavirus. All right, well, thank you so much, Craig. That ends our questions for today. Do you have any last words of wisdom you'd like to share with our listeners? You know, I, I, again, I think because I just want to emphasize for any of our listeners who are not immunized, Omicron is not a trivial virus to you. If you are immunized and boosted and you have a healthy immune system, Omicron is highly likely to be a trivial illness. Now, that doesn't mean you can't transmit it to somebody else where it won't be a trivial illness, and there will always be a small percentage because of their inherent genetics that uh, will end up with more severe disease. But getting immunized is basically a weapon against this virus, such that the whole disease part of it is no longer an issue for you. It's more the minor illness part of it. If you are not vaccinated and boosted, just the opposite. You've got the whole disease component that is a risk for you and the infection component. So, you know, there's really no reason in this country, vaccines are widely available, unlike the treatments for disease. Anybody age five and older can now get immunized. And as we mentioned earlier, kids 12 and older can get boosted. And you know, one other point about that, because uh, with the mRNA vaccines in the older children and young adults, we were 
seeing concerns over myocarditis and pericarditis. We're not seeing that in the younger children. It's very much rarer in the younger children. So, so again, be immunized, be boosted. And probably we should put a plug in for masks. Absolutely. I was amazed. Uh, My husband and I went to a Christmas Eve service at church and it was packed. And uh, we were one of the only two individuals in the entire auditorium wearing a mask. And that sort of surprised me. It's very sad. It's a rejection of science and data. It's a false epistemology that is a way of knowing truth. And it just continues to propagate that. Um, That same church that you're talking about, which I happen to be a member of, um, was unable to conduct Sunday services because they had so many staff sick with COVID. I mean, you can, you can reject science, but the virus could care less. Mm-hmm. The virus will seek you out if you are not vaccinated and masked in public. Well, thank you, Greg, for being here today. My pleasure. Our thanks to Dr. Greg Poland for being here today to give us our COVID-19 updates. I hope that you learned something. I know that I did. We wish each of you a wonderful day and a wonderful start to 2022. Mayo Clinic Q&A is a production of the Mayo Clinic News Network and is available wherever you get and subscribe to your favorite podcasts. To see a list of all Mayo Clinic podcasts, visit newsnetwork.mayoclinic.org. Then click on podcasts. Thanks for listening and be well. We hope you'll offer a review of this and other episodes when the option is available. Comments and questions can also be sent to Mayo Clinic News Network at mayo.edu.